0: Hello everyone. Welcome to Equity Evolution. We are your hosts, Dana and Alexandria. We invite you to join us as we journey through the lush landscape of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Have you ever wondered how DIB intertwines like the roots of ancient trees in making businesses successful? You're not the only one. From big concepts to intricate specifics, we've got the map to navigate you through. So nestle in your favorite spot and explore the DEIB ecosystem with us. As we navigate the world of DEIB, it's about exploring curiosity, evolving understanding, and evaluating through action. Let's begin.
1: and welcome back to another episode of Equity Evolution. Uh, Today we are talking about the question, how can I make the agile process more inclusive and equitable? I think this will be an interesting conversation with a little bit of education or what around what is agile in the first place. It's a very ubiquitous term within the tech space, but I do know that it's starting to infiltrate into other industries as well. Uh, So I have Dana here with me, and I am excited to have this conversation about agile project management and how it relates to diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging.
0: Yes, yes. And thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be back again. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so let, let's talk about uh, Agile and what that means, like from a project management uh, standpoint. Um, and I, without, you know, getting too much into project management terms and all of those things, because as a project manager and, you know, going through all those studies, it's, it can become a, you know, mind-blowing uh, thing for project management.
1: It's its own language, just like anything else. It's its own acronyms out the
0: ears. (laughs) Yes, yes. So Agile is essentially a holistic approach to uh, completing a project with your team, right? So it is you getting together with your team, uh, approaching the project, and um, you all taking uh, all of your thoughts your ideals and uh, putting it together to complete essentially a project. That's what it means to be agile, and that is what, you know, as a project manager, what they say and what they mean when they say we're going to take an agile approach to a project. In terms of doing it with DIB, it would look like, how can we, the team, take an agile approach with building this program within our organization? So. We should be thinking about who can we bring to the table that would be effective with building this program, and who would tell us a the truth of what's going on and what we need. B ask the right questions, and C be flexible and adaptable to if we try to throw something at the wall and it doesn't working. Um, that's what I uh, that's how I foresee agile being in a DIB space.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the I think the thing that helps people understand Agile as a project management framework is how it's really different from some of the other frameworks that have been used for a long mm-hmm. time, right? So one of the main differences between Agile and, say, uh, Kanban, I think is how you say it, mm-hmm. or Waterfall specifically, because Waterfall is a very ubiquitous project management framework, Waterfall, you plan the entire project from start to end with all of your milestones and all of your due dates and everything that you're going to do from start to end on a project. And if your project is short, sure, maybe that'll work. But the thing that makes Agile different and the thing that made Agile uh, adopted so quickly within the tech industry is it's shorter sprints. So you don't plan the entire project. You do, you have a scope, you have a plan of where you're going, but you're doing it in short sprints between two to four week sprints where you have your story that you're working on and your backlog of tasks, and everything is broken down into very small increments that you can act on and you're delivering something that is usable. So in the tech space and a software. Application, for example, you're delivering a feature that can be used by end users. So, what would that mean in a diversity, equity, and inclusion program? You're going to start with much smaller goals that you're breaking down for your overall program. So, your overall goal is your diversity, equity, and inclusion and belonging program. And your stories and your backlog for each of your sprints are going to be breaking that overall program into implementation and what you're delivering. And the benefit of that is being able to pivot very quickly as you get the feedback from the people that you're implementing the program to, which allows you to be more successful with each sprint so that you have an overall successful project versus waterfall where, nope, this is how we're doing it. We can't pivot. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have as much scope creep either, hopefully, but uh, actually that's probably a lie. Scope creep happens regardless.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. And Waterfall will not work in a DIB building program.
1: No, <laughs> no, no, way too much human. Uh, yes. Wait, yeah. Way too much human element for sure for that yep. sort of thing. Uh, other things that I want to address very just point blank with the agile process is Yeah, the Agile Manifesto was written by all white presenting men. And so they're presenting as white and they're presenting as men. I'm not making any assumptions about anybody's background or the way that they identify. But based on the pictures and the names and everybody who wrote the Agile Manifesto, they all do present as white men. And so while Agile itself isn't meant to be discriminatory or any of those things, by nature of who it was created by and who it wasn't created by, there are elements to be aware of that may not fit, may not work, and may be harmful overall to the uh, world majority. And so thinking about that as you decide, okay, what about this manifesto or what about this agile process do we want to use intentional and thoughtful and using it in a way to support the system that you're trying to create versus going off of Going off the spirit versus the letter of the manifesto, and that's what it was meant for anyway. It wasn't meant to be a step-by-step guide,
0: right? And and to your point, um, you know, one of the main things is just underlining and understanding the importance of collaboration when it comes to the agile process, right? <laughs> so even though you know we are all here, we all have our thoughts. It is it is it is a um, it is of. All importance to make sure that you're collaborating with one another to make sure that the process is as smooth as possible um, and that everybody has their points of cross that needs to be uh, to be included in her when uh, going through an agile process.
1: Yeah, so I think that actually highlights something that may be beneficial to talk about is where are the areas of risk when you're implementing the Agile process with a DEIB program? Uh, One of them I see is a big area of risk, especially if you are in a company that is just starting on your DEIB journey. You may not have a lot of diverse perspectives that you can bring in. So the limiting perspective is a huge area of risk that needs to be mitigated and worked with, so that you can have that equitable program that you're trying to build. What other thoughts do you have of areas of risk when implementing? Yeah,
0: I would also say, um, so just to that limited perspective point, I would say the the lack of diversity within the group. Um, which also is a limited perspective. Uh, making sure that we're having the conversations, but including inclusive language as well is a part of that. Um, and then, and, and then again, you know, like I said, representation is uh, is important as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so, one thing: if you don't have the representation within your company itself, getting creative about okay, how can we still get more perspectives on this like does that look like market research does that look like bringing in contractors does that look like i don't know other options there but getting creative about bringing in more perspectives when you don't currently have them in your company but are working towards bringing more in Um, the other thing to be super aware of again if you have that homogeneous company is the unconscious bias or the unchecked bias we all have it, we're human, just point blank. We might as well just accept it, should accept it because then we can actually start to notice it. But the more homogeneous that your company is, the more unconscious bias risk you have.
0: Yes, and I will also, you know, throw out there of just making sure um, about just getting those, uh, that feedback information. We always talk about feedback here and, you know, this is important when building these programs, especially using this type of framework to build it out. Um, that information, those surveys, getting that info will also help you with that um, putting the pieces together and putting them in the right spaces and places as well um, to be able to effectively build out your uh, DIV programming.
1: And your point with the feedback right there is a really good reason why I think that using an Agile process to implement your DEIB program is beneficial because the feedback mechanism is core to what you're doing with Agile. Like every time you end your sprint and you deliver, you have a feedback portion, right? You're doing a retrospective. You're doing a Mm postmortem. And then before you start your new sprint, then you're doing a pre-mortem. Great, what could go wrong here? What are we not thinking about? What are we learning from the last sprint that we had that we can move forward with? So those pieces are built into the Agile framework for you to lean on and are super important to building that successful DEIB program. That's why we talk about the importance of feedback so often, like you can't make adjustments if you don't know what the issues are. And then you talked about the inclusive language and the inclusive practices the other thing with the representation is also accessibility right Mm -hmm. so who is on the team who's implementing these programs and who is in the company that these programs are being implemented to and who are they for and being very clear on okay what do we need in terms of accessibility even Mm -hmm. if we don't know, right, somebody hasn't self-disclosed that they have some sort of accessibility need or Mm -hmm. desire, how can we still center the most marginalized and thinking about, okay, how can we make this the most accessible?
0: Yeah. 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 I just, you know, the, when you talk about, you know, accessibility um, need and knowing the need is important, right? So, I think that also brings us back to what we always talk about is psychologically being safe in the place that you are working and being comfortable with saying, this is what I need to be able to make this, this is successful. Um, This is what I need to be able to, to move this forward, or this is what I need to be able to do this, this work. You know, I don't, I you know, I uh, I think you have something in here being uh, about neurodivergent, and, neurodiversion and uh, people who who not necessarily always feel comfortable with having these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's having to feel comfortable with saying I'm open to doing this. But this is what I need to be able to be successful at it, right? And um, that is where that accessibility piece is very important and where you're making sure to uh, identify everybody in the group and making sure they have everything that's needed to be successful with uh, completing it, doing the work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that you highlight, right, the psychological safety needed for people to make that ask in the first place, but Mm -hmm. it also being that two-way conversation, right? Open Mm -hmm. the conversation by saying, hey, here are some thoughts that we had about potential needs for accessibility. Are we missing something, right? Invite the conversation and then other people respond to the invitation, right? Mm -hmm. That's where that community is built and I had, I think it was a podcast I was listening to that was talking about trust Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: trust being given, not Mm -hmm. earned. And so that really sat with me and then thinking about, yeah, like what would it mean for somebody to earn my trust? And like, yeah, there are things that we want to see being in place, but They're not really earning it. We decide at the end of the day if we want to give that trust over. So knowing what you as an individual need to give that trust. And then as the person who is asking for the trust, understanding what others around may need to freely give that trust, right? You're not going to be able to just buy it. You have to show up in it to be able to have somebody give you that gift of trust.
0: 100%, I agree.
1: Uh, Thinking about uh some pushback here right Mm -hmm. like you know agile methodology that's great like we'll use it to implement our programs I feel like there's going to be a lot of buy-in for that I think the pushback is in the DEIB programming itself and maybe the diversity right like our company is great. Like we're, we're profitable. We're working well. Like, obviously we have enough unique perspectives that we're solving problems and we're being successful. Like, why do we need this? Like, why do we need Mm -hmm. diversity? Like, don't we already have it?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that is one of the most, um, that is the biggest, I would say pushback questions always is why do we need this? What is it going to do to help the business, um, and then also ROI, which I have we'll talk about uh in another episode as well. But you know, return of investment, what are what are we as the business gonna get out of investing in a DIB program or a project within the company? Um and to that I say, well, let's ask your employees that work at the company. <laughs> you know let's see what they say let's see if if they have that same outlook on how great the company is or how fantastic uh everything has been going since they've been here let's 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 really dig deep and see what's what's been amazing and what's going great um i think that also when you think about you know the leadership's perspective they only they are sometimes so far removed from the people that are actually doing the work in the organization. And not to say they're not doing any work, but also to say like, there's there's distance there, you know? There's a distance and regardless to how you, if you say from bottom up or top down, regardless, there is a distance between the person that is our leadership and the people that are the ones uh, doing all the work in the organization uh, to move the organization forward.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, it's different work,
0: Mm -hmm. right? But
1: there's still distance and there is a bridge that's needed between the Mm -hmm. two in order to be successful. You actually highlighted a thing that I've been thinking about. I was talking to an organization that did a DEI audit and they were doing all their employee surveys. They were eliciting all that feedback that we talk about all the time. And they're like, people are reporting that it's great. Like we have a super high engagement score. We have a super high satisfaction score. And I was like, great, are you able to break that down amongst different communities and seeing what each community is saying about that. And what they realized was that the white dominant community within the organization was weighting the scores. They were all satisfied Mm -hmm. and engaged and all of that. And they had so few people from historically marginalized communities that their voices weren't even showing up in the scores. And so when you aggregated the data out by Um, self-identified gender and self-identified racial lines, they saw that people from historically marginalized communities were actually really disengaged and really dissatisfied with the company and what was happening. And so looking at your feedback and really looking at the data and what is the story that it's really telling you, not looking for the story you want to see.
0: That's right. That is right. (laughs)
1: I think that was a big eye-opening moment for them. But I also want to like, why do we need diversity, right? If people wanted to work here, they'd apply to work here and we hire who's best. We're not going to lower the bar. Like we're just hiring who's best. Like First of all, super problematic and tells me a lot about the framing of that person when they say those things. But even if we just broke it down to problem solving Mm -hmm. and why it's important to have diversity when it comes to solving problems. And I think the most impactful analogy, analogy, metaphor, maybe it's a metaphor. I don't know. Uh, that I heard recently was talking about where do you keep the ketchup? Have you heard that one? Like I
0: have not. No.
1: Yeah. So it caught me off guard, but I was like, that is a beautiful way to just like very simply Drive home why diversity is so important, right? So, okay. depending on where you are in the world, or even where you are in the United States, we keep our ketchup in different places. So, mm-hmm. I I don't know about you, where do where do you keep your ketchup?
0: I do not refrigerate my ketchup. Okay, it's in the cabinet.
1: <laughs> Perfect. I love this. This is working out so well. Okay, <laughs> you keep your ketchup in the cabinet. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people keep their ketchup in the refrigerator i was taught Mm -hmm. to keep my ketchup in the refrigerator so that is where Mm -hmm. i keep it so then we have these different places that we keep our ketchup well what happens when we run out of ketchup and we're looking for a condiment the next thing that you're going to reach for is what
0: um for me personally i reach for um barbecue sauce you also keep that in your cabinet yeah Okay.
1: So it's something right <laughs> next to the ketchup, right? It's the condiments that you keep around it. There may also be malt vinegar. There may also mm. be, um, I'm just Hot trying sauce to think it. Yeah, absolutely. Other condiment options, they're right next to the ketchup. Those are going to be the things that are easy for your brain to think about as this is the next condiment, where for me, my ketchup is in the refrigerator. So my next options are mustard or mayo, the other things that are sitting right next to the ketchup in the refrigerator. And so where we're coming from, from perspective, and what happens when plan A doesn't work out, it's what do we reach for for plan B? You mm-hmm. and I would have two very different solutions to the next condiment option if we were out of ketchup. The same is true for any other problem that we come against because we're thinking about it from a different perspective. And mm-hmm. so, knowing where do you keep your ketchup and where do the people on our team keep their ketchup, how many different ways of thinking about a problem do we currently have on the team? Because that mm-hmm. means you're more likely to actually solve the problem at the end of the day
0: yeah and I and that just brings up two important words that I feel like we continuously say, which is flexibility and adaptability,
1: mm-hmm. understanding
0: the need to be able to adapt to if something isn't working, understanding that things are not going to work, so you have to be flexible to be able to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all I will say on that. well,
1: I think actually it's not that that kind of is the whole thing, right. Mm-hmm like remaining flexible and adaptable because the world that we're living in I think the term I keep seeing all over the place is VUCA so what is that it's like uh, V-U-C-A so like volatile Mm.
0: Uh,
1: it's just basically talking about how the world is always Mm ever-changing and like it's borderline chaos all day every day and Mm -hmm. running in organizations like you don't have this set in stone you don't have the waterfall environment to be able Mm -hmm. to run through things are constantly changing did a supplier close are things backlogged uh did a vendor not come through did you lose part of your team like things are always changing and so if you aren't flexible and adaptable and you don't have unique perspectives to solve the problems every day when they come in Mm -hmm. you're just going to get inundated and overwhelmed with all the issues at hand
0: yeah I agree. I don't have anything else to add.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So then the inclusive leadership piece, Mm -hmm. what would that look like for people? And how would you shift if you don't have an inclusive leadership space right now, how might using an agile framework increase inclusion within the leadership?
0: Yeah, this is a hard one um, because there are studies that show that people people like to see their there's themselves represented in uh, specific spaces. And and to this part, we're talking about leadership. You know, I, I enjoy personally um, when I look at my leadership team and someone there that looks like me is there, that's how I feel like I can be more engaging when it comes to conversations like this or anything else, right? So, you know, I... Um, And this is another something that I have for um, what we're going to talk about later is having uh, choosing a subject matter expert. And that does not always mean, you know, choosing someone that is always of color or um, they don't necessarily have to be black or African-American, but you want to make sure you are representing. So what does that mean for, you know, your inclusive leadership or, or things like that? um that means you're gonna have to you might have to hire on someone if you have that budget that means that you may be choosing someone within the organization that you could just you feel comfortable with they are going to be the subject matter expert but then you also are going to have to invite them in to Mm -hmm. specific conversations right so making sure that space is safe for them making sure they don't feel like I'm like a small person in this uh, maybe executive leadership space where we're having these conversations so that we can improve our diversity in the uh, organization or while we're, again, what we're talking about today is uh, making this an agile process. Um, So you just have to make sure to, you need to have someone to bring in if you cannot hire someone. Um, But it's essentially just making sure that it's a it's a it's representation right that's like the end goal but if you don't have it you should be thinking about ways to making sure that you do have it at the end of the day
1: yeah absolutely uh talking about takeaways because we like action steps here what advice would you give for next steps for using agile as a methodology to roll out a deib program
0: yeah. Um for me, I would say, you know, understanding what your what what are what is our goals? Uh I have goals written here. Uh goals are important, um, smart goals or short long term goals, whatever that is for your business. Um, what is what are they? What are the goals, right? Um, I've also continued to mention making sure to understand that those goals align with the values of your organization. Uh, making sure that that your framework aligns with those same things, so understanding all of those things, and then coming up with your initiatives and your action items after that. Um, so you know what is tangible over the next course of three to six months, uh, six to nine, or uh, six to twelve, whatever works, uh, whatever you how you like to you know uh, span out your goals. So those understanding what you're going to do aligning out what um what your timeline is going to be essentially, and then also organizing your team who who's going to do this work? you know, even though we we are having this conversation, do you necessarily have the capacity to take on this project? who because you know, and that's okay to ask yourself that question. So understanding who who's going to do it. I think those are uh, a good first couple of uh, action items to start with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love all of those. And we actually have a framework that can help support you in getting through, you know, what problems are we solving and how do we solve it with an equitable lens. So we have our equity in action workbook that you can go through all of that problem solving with an equitable lens. And we also have our project management uh, questions and framework that you can use to plan out those projects and thinking about, yes, what is our overall goal and target and by when do we want to reach this and then work backwards from there to create your small sprints. Again, Mm -hmm. things that you can accomplish in two to four weeks. What diverse perspectives do you need? Uh, What are your action steps? Being aware of the bias that is going to enter into every single program and the rollout of it, and having those conversations and being able to have the psychological safety within your project team itself to mm-hmm. call each other in and to support one another in processing through those. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to add about?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, a flexibility and adaptability. That's what I always say, it's going to be a process. So, buckle up for the ride
1: it's true open honest communication it's
0: huge mm-hmm. it's
1: valid it's important i think the other thing that i want to highlight is conflict not mm-hmm. all conflict is bad
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So being aware that conflict can and will arise and it should be welcomed and thinking about is this relationship conflict or this task conflict mm-hmm. Because task conflict is healthy resolvable conflict when you get into mm-hmm. the personal conflict that becomes a different kind of problem. So framing of conflict with your open communication, inviting the feedback and being adaptable.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I will add to that, that, you know, when conflict, work conflict arises, sometimes it could be because we all don't work the same. We, How I organize my time is not the same how you organize your time. Um, so, and, and it is okay to take a step take step away like if you feel like it's a conflict or you feel like something's an issue then it is okay to say you know what I'm going to take that feedback and then I will come back and then I will respond to you at another time mm-hmm. um and don't let anybody um you know bring you out to have to respond immediately everything does not always warrant or need an immediate response uh these are things that I think we've all had to learn in our work <laughs> our work professionalize. um, And and I wouldn't, don't make it make you feel any type of way about um, having to take time for yourself to respond to to things like that, especially when it comes to work conflict.
1: Absolutely. That is a beautiful reminder. And I appreciate you, you adding that in there. Well, thank you all for joining us for this episode. Make sure to tune in next week, where we answer another question about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging.
0: Absolutely. Bye y'all. As the sun sets on another episode of Equity Evolution, remember that we all play a crucial role in our global ecosystem, no matter how big or small. Are you still curious about DEIB? Join us next time as we explore another question about DEIB or go on our website, thedisruptors.us, for more resources. Until our paths cross again, keep questioning, growing, and advocating for the harmony of equity and belonging. If you found this episode helpful, please rate and subscribe so we can reach others who need help. Bye.